0: Welcome to Short Course, episode 42, for November 16th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. We're about two weeks out from Nationals this year, and in the last couple weeks, I've been having some some pretty interesting conversations about Nationals, how I thought it went, what I think of the plan for next year, and if anything, what I would do different. And so I thought it'd be interesting to, to talk about that stuff this week on the podcast. Now, I want to go into this saying that I think this year's nationals, the the factory gun nationals that I shot, but I think it's representative of of the other two matches. As a match it was it was fine. It ran well, the stages were decent. I mean, you can listen to my previous podcasts. I'm not saying that that the match this year was bad. I think it was it was well run but somewhat modest. And what I mean by that is I think that it, you know, it really did feel kind of like shooting a local match or shooting a sectional match the actual experience of showing up to the range you have an RO on the stage but competitors are pasting and resetting it was it was very it didn't feel that much different from going to you know maybe a big local level two although even most of the level twos around here have staff to paste and reset and all you're doing is a competitor is just shooting so as, a, as an experience, it worked. I think the stages ran fine. There, there weren't any glaring flaws, but this is sort of how I would look at if I were to try and make nationals more special, I guess you could say. So the way it looks to me, and I haven't talked to anybody about this. This is just sort of from, from what I've seen online and, and from the statements I've seen. As far as I can tell, the, the current strategy this year and next year. So it bears mentioning next year. They've already announced how nationals is going to work there. It's going to be four separate nationals instead of the three separate ones this year. It's going to be two paired up at the high cap nationals in St. George in late September where they're doing open and PCC together. And then, so that'll be a three day match with one day in between and then a three day limited in carry optics match. And then a month later in early November, the low-cap di- nationals, low-cap divisions are going to be back in frost-proof, so it'll be a three-day match with production in L10, one day to to reset everything, and then a three-day single stack and revolver match. So it'll be similar to this year in terms of, you'll actually, in theory, you could shoot four nationals next year and compete in four divisions next year. And that really seems to be kind of the goal of of nationals currently, is have the ability to, if you have the resources, to compete in multiple nationals, to make it so that as many people can compete as possible, basically. To make it not necessarily a, a particularly selective event or a, a constricted event, but have as much capacity so that if somebody wants to plunk down their match fee from D-class to GM, then then they can get a slot. So it's, it's trying to supply as much capacity as you can. Spread across the different divisions. So having the ability to compete in multiple different divisions. There are a lot of theories about why some people say sponsors want you to be able to shoot in multiple divisions. I mean, you know, you take an example, just the most notable one that, that was interesting this year. So Max Michel has always been kind of an open shooter, but because open and carry optics were the same match this year and he's sponsored by SIG and they have a carry optics gun, they're trying to really push I, whether or not he wanted to shoot open or carry optics, I don't know, but pretty clearly his obligation was to, to shoot carry optics. So in this way, you know, next year, potentially he could shoot open at one match. And then after the changeover day, shoot carry optics in the next one. So there's, there's a little bit of, I can imagine that sponsors like that from a competitor standpoint, that really doesn't matter to me. I think the the nature of the sport is that if if push came to shove, most competitors would pick one division and, and focus on that and really put all the put all their emphasis behind that. So I I don't think that I don't think that it's important to the competitive nature of the sport to have people be able to compete in multiple divisions. So right now it seems like the goals of nationals are lots of competitors, lots of different divisions, lots of opportunities to shoot, and also spreading the the nationals out across the country. So one's in St. George, one's in Frostproof. I know that was the goal last year, too, is having Optics Nationals on one coast and Ironsides Nationals on the other. Really, I don't think that matters too much. I think if you're investing the money and the resources to go to Nationals, you should, you should kind of be willing to go to it wherever it's at. Because once it's six or eight hours away by car, if you're getting in a plane and flying anyway, it really, I, I, to me, it doesn't really matter. If I'm if I'm flying to Frostproof or I'm flying to St. George, it's you know it's going to be a travel day anyway, and I don't expect the Nationals is going to be in driving distance from me. It's it's a national championship, so whether or not it's in the center of the country or, or all the way in the you know pointy bit of Florida, really to me it's much more about the facility. If I'm going to be flying there anyway, let's have it at a facility that really makes it the best competition that it, that it can be. So, what would my goals be in in planning Nationals? I would say the the main thing is to have it be the best competition to differentiate the best shooters in the sport, to test them in diverse, challenging, novel ways that they haven't necessarily seen before. So that means having high quality stages, maybe you have props that wouldn't be worth setting up at a smaller match, but they are here. Now I'm not saying carnival type stuff, but you look at world shoots and generally speaking, you know, for a world shoot they'll they'll have some pretty elaborate walls or the the twenty fourteen world shoot with the what was it, the hovercraft type thing you know the airboat suspended from chains stuff like that so high quality stages high production value to draw the best shooters and and encourage them to shoot their best so not necessarily shoot their most i i honestly don't think that the point of nationals is to, is to give the opportunity to shoot multiple divisions i think drawing out and encouraging competitors to focus and and really perform at their peak in the thing that they're best at uh, i i think is is most interesting now i only shoot one division so the idea of a multi-division nationals isn't personally interesting to me. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but I don't I don't I don't see it as high on the priority list. And then the third thing is just the best experience. And and I'll go into some more details about what exactly that means. But for example, the idea of, and I already mentioned this, of competitors not having to paste and reset. If you're there as a competitor, if you've paid your match fee, if you've flown across the country, you're there, you're there just to shoot. You you're spending hundred percent of your time worrying about if your your gear is set up if you need to brush mags or whatever, visualizing the stages, making sure everything's squared away and and not oh okay hang on somebody didn't paste that second target on the left all right shooter standby and you know somebody go paste it and none of that stuff so we'll, we'll get to that but those those are the guiding principles to me is bringing out the best competitors, encouraging them to shoot their best on the best stages we can and make it make the experience of national something different don't make it feel kind of just like shooting a, a fancy, expensive club match. And I think a, a part of that is acknowledging that this is Nationals. Nationals doesn't have to run exactly like a club match. That's okay. Now, I think there's some gray area with the state and the area matches. You know, there, there's some of these ideas might apply at those levels too. But, but I think we need to acknowledge that the logistics behind running a Nationals should be necessarily work differently than, than running a club match. It's just inevitable. Okay. So the way I look at it, how would nationals, how, what influence would I exert on nationals? And again, I, I haven't run a big match. I haven't been a match director. These are all just, this is, this is what I would push for if I had a voice. Maybe some of these things are impossible, but this is the direction I would say, let's see if we can get there. So I would actually keep the, the two nationals split. The way that I look at the logistics, uh, it only makes sense to me to have about 400 competitors in the in the nationals, and I'll, I'll get to why in a minute. But you just, if you're trying to compete in all eight divisions, I don't think 400 competitors is quite enough. Now, that might be interesting to have it that way, to actually have nationals be, let's say, you know, in the competitive divisions, the top 64 shooters in the country come and duke it out. So the top 64 production guys, top 64 limited maybe you have top 32 lim10 and revolver but top 64 carry optics and pc so you you might could make it really a lot more selective but i don't i don't think we need to go that far i think having two nationals with four divisions each is fine i think the way it's being done next year where you have the f- you have four high participation divisions in one nationals open pcc limited and carry optics and then the two low participation divisions grouped in the other so it's production single stack revolver and l10 those are going to be pretty lopsided. I think if you, if you, there's going to be a lot of competition for slots at the high cap nationals because they're higher participation divisions. And I, I don't think there will be any difficulty getting slots to the low cap match, in particular, not to put too fine a point on it, but in particular, the single stack match. I mean, if you look at the, the pairing of two divisions that has the least participation at club, le- at the club level, Single stack and revolver is is gonna be the the one that there are the most slots to, which is, I mean, if I were interested in shooting single stack, that would be kind of a bummer to me. I, I don't I don't think having all these individual matches is is all that interesting. I think it's cool when you get a bunch of different divisions, high cap and low cap, racing together. So you know, for me, it would probably be more random. It would probably be open, PCC, revolver, and single stack, and then. Limited carry optics L ten in production. You know, have a have a high cap and a low cap, have an optics and an irons division, just so there's not any any emphasis on one particular type of gun in in the stages. It, that that it, there's a balance of, of everything. I think I think that's I think that's more interesting. So keep the nationals split. Probably do them at at two different ranges, just because logistically trying to have two different big nationals somewhere in the country would would just be. I don't think it would really work. As far as the the size, so the way I would look at it is I would say instead of making it three days like, like Nationals was this year, look back at a Nationals like 2014, which I still think logistically was, was an excellent match, and, and a lot of what I'll talk about really references that heavily. But make it a four-day match with six stops per day, so you get 24 stops, and in each day you might have one or two... Stages that are doubled up. So, if you have one stage or one bay per day that's doubled up, that would be 28 stages. If you have two bays per day that are doubled up, that would be a total of 32 stages with eight shorter stages mixed in, which I think would be about right. I'm I'm definitely a fan of having that mix of short and long stages. I definitely think this year, the way that they ran the doubled up bays where you split the squad in half, they, they did this last year at Ironsides Nationals as well. You split the squad in half, half shoots the first stage and then reloads their mags and cycles to the other stage. I think that worked very, very well in terms of getting shooters through, in terms of giving the competitors a chance to really get in the zone for each stage, whereas at club matches, often you'll shoot one, stay hot, walk over to the next, and, and shoot the second. I think competitively that that's not that doesn't bring out the best performance. And so I I think having the having the the stages run in parallel like they did this year is is definitely the way to go. And it allows you to get more stages, more data points to measure the competitors to get a more accurate gauge on their score, without necessarily having to have huge ranges with with that many bays. You know, there it was it was definitely possible to have two stages in a moderately sized bay in, in some of the bays in Frostproof. So I, I would keep that. And so, like I said, you end up with a four day match, twenty four stops, six stops a day, and you're shooting probably on average eight stages a day, total of 32 stages. To me, that's about the right size for nationals. Now, I know this has been a big topic back and forth, and what should the average si- size of a stage in USPSA be? Given that at club matches you tend to see a lot of 28 to 32 rounders, but to me that that that's that's what seems right. I think a club match should be six to eight stages. Ideally, a state match is going to be about twice that. So somewhere in the in the 12 stage range is is about right to me an area match I think should be three times a club match so somewhere in the 18 stage range 18 stops 18 stages something like that and the nationals is just four times that so you get 6 12 18 24. and you know when I look at matches like honestly area six next year which is right now their their description for it is saying that it'll be 11 stages and 300 rounds which that's an average of 27 rounds per stage. I don't know. To me, eleven stages for an area match is just eh, it's it's not that interesting to me. I'd rather I'd rather the have more of a mix, have some field courses, but have some short technical stuff, have some interesting medium stuff where you gotta reload once, but it's not shooting to 32 every stage, that kind of stuff. I, I think I think that mix is better. So yeah, four day match, twenty-four stops. That that's the way it it works out to me. The difference would be, instead of having these back-to-back matches, to me, one of the big problems with the, the back-to-back format, both this year and, and probably next year, is that the staff don't get to shoot the match. And I think especially when you have a very long back-to-back format like this, so you know next year to work, if you're going to work, maybe you shoot one, work the other, but if you're going to work both matches, you're going to be on the range or you're going to have to stay near the range at least seven consecutive days, three match days, turnaround day, three match days. And the the staff for that, and I, I think we saw that at, at this year's Nationals, it was mostly people who aren't active competitors. Someone who, when you have all the Nationals in one spot, and then you need staff for all of them, it's, it's difficult to get people to work. I mean, maybe you work one, shoot one, that kind of thing. I, I know there have been arrangements for that. But it just, it really seemed like the the staff this year were mostly not active competitors. And I think that's bad for the sport for a couple of reasons. One is just that there, there's been this simmering topic over the years that's, that's ebbed and flowed about this divide between sort of ROs and competitors and, and this us versus them mentality sometimes. And also just the fact that you get better calls from people who are on both sides of the timer. If if you're only ever running shooters, you you don't have the same perspective as someone who is an active competitor who just shoots more matches and and, and just knows the rules from from the other side. I mean, I I still count myself as very lucky as of being able to fly out and work the 2014 nationals as a B class guy who just gotten my range officer certification, got to shoot it over three days. And then work the, the next four days for, for all the paying shooters. I, I think that format worked really well for in terms of encouraging people to both come and compete and also to to work. So to me that that's about the right mixture is if you can get the staff to shoot what you call the pre-match over three days, and then the competitors shoot the stages over four days, then the staff has a decent chance to Actually, shoot the stages fairly well. They're not, it's not like they're shooting 12 stops a day. If you're, if you shoot 24 stops and you do it over three days, it's only eight stops a day. Now, staff squads would be self ROing, but potentially you could also have some people, and I know some folks at the 2014 Nationals did this. You could have some competitors shoot the pre match if, for whatever reason, they need to be somewhere else that weekend. I think IDPA Nationals was the same weekend as the main, the main 2014 match. And so, some of the IDPA folks and Randy Rogers and Gordon Carroll and them came shot the pre-match with the staff and then flew out and shot IDPA national, something like that. I think that's good for the sport. I think making it so that people who can't necessarily make the one main match slot can shoot with the staff if they need to and be, you know, legitimately at, at something of a disadvantage, but at least have a reasonably competitive score. And then the staff get to shoot it and they get to one of the benefits of getting to work the match is that you also get to shoot it and you get to compare your scores with the best in the country, ideally. And I mean, I, I think part of part of this vision is also it, I could see nationals becoming smaller being because you're not having as many nationals, there are going to be fewer slots to go around. And so it becomes a little bit more competitive to get a slot. There might not be open, you know, just sign up and pay your match fee type slots when when everything's spoken for. But that's okay. If you're a competitor and you, you didn't earn your way into shooting nationals through performance at your club or through a club slot, then sign up and work it. You want to shoot nationals and it's already full, then here's uh here's a here's a staff application. I, I think there's a good symmetry to that. It gets a it's a way for people to get the nationals experience even if they haven't necessarily been able to to get in through the normal registration process. I think it gets competitors to to come out and see nationals from both sides. I mean, it was it was hugely eye opening to me to get to see the match not just as a competitor, but but from the RO side of it. And obviously, the the more ROs that you have shooting the pre match, the l- more the burden is spread around. The less work each each RO has to do. Um, and honestly, the other thing about having a having the ROs shoot a pre match instead of the first day of the match, the first morning, you've got a squad on every bay and times are wasting. If there's a problem with a stage and, and some ROs back up, you can reroute around them and you can take an hour or two to fix that stage. And then maybe on day two or day three of the pre-match, you have whatever squads that had to route around that problem while you fixed whatever it was. You can you can fix those issues and you've got a little bit of slack time in the schedule. Or if you need to toss that stage or modify it, you know, if one one RO squad shoots it, And then there's a problem with it and you have to modify it and reshoot that one squad in that three-day pre-match time, you've got a little bit of flexibility to do that. You're not immediately tied to this this iron timetable of a of a main match type schedule. And ultimately, I think the, the main advantage of having the competitors get to or having the staff get to be competitors is you'll get more staff. I think I, again, I don't know logistically, but as someone who participated in it, the 2014 Nationals was a great example where they paid, I believe it was $375 of travel expenses, which basically was almost almost my entire plane ticket, and they paid for to, to split half a hotel room with another staff member, the whole pre-match and the whole main match, and then they gave you a, a small per diem for for food while you were there. That was, I mean, for me at the time, being a being a single guy, I was basically getting paid to to fly out there, work this match, and then go home. It was it was a free vacation. It was like, why wouldn't I take this? Logistically, I I don't yeah, I mean, I don't know how profitable that was, but I think it led to a good outcome. I think it it got good staff. I think it got good people to come out and it it gave good experience to me, which I've taken back to my club and and tried to pollinate around. And ultimately just having more staff you can run more shooters, so potentially, the 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 match this year was able to get through, you know, however many shooters on however many stages, with competitors resetting, you can take a stage that requires three or four competitors to reset, and reset it with two guys, once you get a rhythm down, okay, guy number one goes down the left side and pastes these two targets, and then sets this steel, and then those two targets, and the other guy has the, these two targets pasted, and then has the activator set up by the time the first guy gets to the swinger, and so he can set it. You get into a rhythm like that, and you can just run stages so much more quickly when you actually have dedicated staff. So to me, having having staff to paste and reset, it's not just a a nice to have from a competitor standpoint. I think logistically, it's, it's really the only way that makes sense if you want to get maximum throughput on a stage. So as far as the actual stages themselves go, I think certainly you could have a design contest. You could put the call out for stages in March or April and say, hey, if you've got a good stage that you've run at your club that you think would be interesting, submit it. We'll review it. If we use it, then you get to brag to all your friends that you had a great stage and it was used at nationals. I think that would be a very cool way to give back to the people who design stages at their club matches month in, month out. And every once in a while, you, you come across a stage that when you build it and you run it, you're like, man, that really worked sure the stage will have to be adapted to whatever bay the range has but when you see it you'll see the spirit of it and ideally you'll have a little credit in the matchbook and you know you'll say it'll be so and so joe bob designed stage 17 at at nationals and and it's a it becomes a point of pride and i think that would give more diversity to the stages certainly when just everybody has a certain style and so when you have a certain match director design certain stages they do tend to be kind of samey and so if you try and get 24 or 32 stages out of, out of one match director, it's, it's going to be a particular flavor. And I think nationals should be a blending of flavors from all over the country. I think it should have a contribution from, of stage styles from, from all corners of the, of the sport. I think that would be a good thing. I, I don't think I would repeat this experiment with running classifiers at nationals. I, I like where their head is at in terms of wanting to set the stage up and get some high hit factor data when there are you know stakes on the line so people aren't just here or zeroing it to, to set goofy high hit factors. To me, I think I'd probably take the idea and, and bump it down a level and have put out maybe two or three new classifiers a year and have them run at six to eight of the area matches and get data that way. I think that because the nice thing about area matches is you get you get broad participation at each one. Area matches don't tend to concentrate in one division so there's usually participation in in all the divisions at, at each area match so if you ran if you had three new classifiers and you ran them at you know six different area matches across the country over the course of the year you'd you'd be able to sort of average out the the data and it would take into account some of the differences in setup which is true of classifiers in actual reality and i think it would be kind of nice that you'd have some way to calculate some kind of equivalency between different shooters so if there's some new classifier or three new classifiers even and you shoot those three classifiers at area six and your buddy in california shoots those classifiers at the area two match and then you can kind of compare your scores there and assuming they've been set up correctly then then you can kind of have some bragging rights or something about that so it it kind of gets a little bit of a postal match flavor almost which i think would be cool but then you get valid high hit factor data and and i think Doing that every year, so you keep a constant sort of steady stream of new classifiers cycling in, lets you expire some old ones, lets you introduce some new ideas, and maybe you don't adopt all three. Maybe you find one has really wide swings and isn't a very good classifier, then you adopt the other two, that kind of thing. But I think I'd, I'd drop the the classifier, the, the new classifier thing from nationals down to the area matches, and then I think. Ideally, you would have some more video coverage. So again, if there are fewer slots to nationals, fewer people are able to make it, you know, it does become a little bit harder to get a slot. Compensate for that by live streaming more. Have, have videos being edited and, and put up to YouTube every, you know, at the end of every day, maybe, and then get a lot of archival footage and then spend, you know, give that to a film crew and, and let them spend some time editing it into, into something polished. I mean, it's always strange to me that, that USPSA goes out of their way to build stages that are TV friendly so crews from outfits like Shooting USA can come and and film and then run their episode about USPSA nationals 6 to 9 months after it's happened on terrestrial TV it just to me if you could have a film crew you know putting out daily videos and then edit together some stuff and have i mean honestly just look at what some of the the Russian Archangel Michael club people are doing i mean they, they get a, a real film crew to come out. They set up some, some remote cameras downrange. They got some, some of the cool gimbal-stabilized stuff, and they get footage of all the competitors, and they edit it together. They have some stage diagrams. Something in that vein, I'm not saying they've exactly nailed the formula, but something more in that vein, where a month after the match, there's a 20-minute a highlights reel where you can kind of give some give some props to the sponsors. So this would be a way to give sponsors more exposure but also give the people who couldn't make the match some sense of, of what it was like and if you actually want to have some way to, to watch the recordings of you know if you actually want to sit through and watch the the whole super squad shoot all four days or whatever of the match on the the playback of the the YouTube live stream fine do that let let the people who are really hardcore and really want to invest in that kind of stuff let them let them do that have a little bit more coverage like that make it make it a bigger deal. I think that's that's what it keeps coming back to is is make nationals something special not just nine club matches nine days in a row. Actually one thing that I that I will say that I think did go well this year was was the awards dinner. I think the the only complaint that I would have about the awards dinner was just the fact that because of the scheduling of the back-to-back matches the a lot of the folks at the factory gun dinner uh, they took off early cuz they had to shoot the next day. Some of them had to shoot early the next day and so I don't think people kind of lived it up as much as they could have I think it it emptied out after the prize table pretty quick and I think that's a that's a downside of the back-to-back format I think if if you had this big nationals and and the awards ceremony wasn't just giving out awards and walking the prize table but it was also a bit of a, a last hurrah for everybody spending these last 4 days on the range where a lot of times you're either going to look at stages or you're eating lunch before you're about to shoot. So you don't necessarily get to socialize with a lot of folks, you know, make it, make it more of a social experience, make it something where you can actually bond with these people. And if the awards dinner starts at seven, I mean, I don't know when they close the doors at this one, but it was, it was dying down pretty quick. I think by nine or nine 30, by the time that, that, uh, I ended up leaving, you know, make it something where people are really encouraged to hang out and, and they don't, start clearing off the tables too early. Not that I'm saying they did that this time. I think people cleared out on their own, but, you know, really make it, make it an experience, make it, you know, more something worth staying out late for and and really a kind of a, a celebration of the membership, you know, have it at a, at a nice venue. They definitely did that well this year. I think it was nice last year in St. George that they had it right around the corner from the range, but it meant that most people just went straight from shooting, especially if they're shooting the afternoon session, they just went straight from the range to the awards. And that doesn't really encourage people to to stick around and really enjoy themselves either. Whereas if you have some time and it's not located right next to the range, you go back to your hotel room, you take a shower, you change, and then you're actually you you feel like hanging out. You're not still in your your sweaty clothes from from having shot the match. So it becomes it becomes more of an experience. But again, I think definitely awards dinner this year was was better than in the past. But if I were going to try to improve it, that's that's how I would do it. And and that's really all I'm saying here about, about all of Nationals. I think I think this year was fine. I think as a competition, it, it was good. But it wasn't really, it wasn't like the Super Bowl of practical shooting. It didn't feel like some larger experience. It felt almost exactly like just shooting a bunch of club matches and then kind of going home, which is fine. I like club matches, but I think there's a lot of opportunity to really make Nationals more of an event, more of an experience, and, and really something That means something, right? So actually, not just being able to go and shoot, just earning a slot, even if even if it does mean making a little bit more selective, maybe it means you take in less revenue purely on match fees. That's that's definitely an issue. And the way I'm talking about it, you definitely would be paying for more staff. The staff costs would be higher. But I think it would. I don't think Nationals necessarily needs to make money. I, I think it's okay if it is something that our membership dues go to fund. I think that trying to operate the the event in a way that it's revenue neutral or positive leads to the choices that we're seeing now, where you try and maximize the number of people who can shoot. I mean, so the match fee for this year was 270 bucks, which I think is pretty fair for a, a big nationals. I have no problem with that. And if anything, I think, you know, maybe make it, it would be fine if it was a little bit higher. But if you shot all three nationals, you were out 810 bucks just in match fees before you'd even had to ship three guns worth of ammo to the range and all that. I mean, it it definitely there was there was money to be made from the people who shot all three matches. But in my opinion, I, I think it would probably be okay, especially as headquarters gets more involved in running the match, where the 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 range itself isn't necessarily trying to to break even or turn a profit on it. I mean the range should be compensated, so they want to have USPSA nationals back next year. But if USPSA as a as an organization has to lose, a hundred, two hundred thousand, to put on a world class event that is really memorable and really exceptional in terms of stages, in terms of production quality, in terms of experience. You know, going to nationals really should be the the highlight of of the year from an experience standpoint. And um, I, I don't, I don't, I think there, you know, this year wasn't really like that. I think there was room for improvement there. So, that that's what I would change if uh if I had if I had a voice in, in the decision-making, but I don't, so. That wraps up this episode of Short Course. If you want to get in touch, my email is podcast at barryshooting.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting, or on Instagram at BS Barry. Talk to you next time.